Welcome to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the radio and internet as well. Glad to have you. Welcome. We've got Mama Hoss back in the house tonight. Going to be sharing some things with you. Good to have you, Mama Hoss. Good to be back. Yep. One more time. One more time. You got a good feeling. How about that? I know. You didn't have anybody else, did you? Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Yeah, just your good feeling, yeah. yeah good to feeling. have you. Yeah, yeah feeling. Well, uh, you're a good guest. How about that? <laughs> so uh, what in the world has been going on with you? Um, in the garden, I have got, I got my peas planted. Yeah. My okra's going strong. Are you talking about your English peas? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, poblanos. Not I, the biggest poblanos we've ever grown, but nice. But no, they didn't um, produce the spring or the summer, but this fall, it's this massive tree with just... Loaded over fruit. Loaded over fruit. Yep. And my roselle, I've started to bud out. You know, a lot of people was freaking out about their roselle. Mm -hmm. A lot of people gave up on it. Yeah. But it's starting. Starting to bloom and starting to uh, put those calluses on there. What you got? Oh, look here. Sun sugar tomatoes and lots of them. You know, my del we talked about this last week. Uh, my delicatas have, uh, have made, we've been eating on those a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes are still going along pretty good. I've had a little bit of disease problems with there, popping along pretty good. Squash is gone, cucumbers is gone. And I've got my fall garden planted, but these babies right here are loaded up mm -hmm. coming in and I love them. It makes a great snack. How's that tall corn? That tall corn is actually trying to make. Now everybody's going to be a little upset if I, if I make some uh, corn off of that tall, tall corn. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we may get a little bit off of it after all. When? Somebody said the other day they've seen small corn like that before, yeah. not to be embarrassed about it. But now I was a little bit embarrassed, a little bit... Uh, Ashamed of it, but we worked through it. Look what I got. My sister had this book, and her my niece is actually helping her clean up her house. And she said, I saw yours on your show last week. She said, you want this book. So this is a couple of years before the one I have. Um, I hadn't really went through it yet, but I'm excited. I love these old books. Oh, yeah. Can't hardly find those anymore. What about the product spotlight? Yeah, let's talk about that. So, we've got a new pepper, you guys. Gold Fortune Pepper. It's a large... Sweet pepper. Now, it's not a large. It's not a bell pepper. No, it's for, sweet. For you guys out there like me, I'm not a big bell pepper fan. But I love sweet peppers. This is a large sweet pepper with a very smooth skin on there and that bright yellow color in there. So, this is a good one right here. can get up to six inches long. Yep, and it comes from... Stuff. Yep. Great for stuff, and it comes from Cicada, and we all know Cicada do a good good job with their breeding program. So we're excited to have this gold fortune pepper. I'm going to grow some of this this spring. Could you grow it in the greenhouse this winter? Mm, possibly, but I'm not going to give that a try. Okay. It'd be too much trouble, I think. So we just got back from a big weekend. Long. Long weekend. And we was at the Homesteaders of America Conference up in Front Royal, Virginia for the weekend. I think it was October 8th through 10th. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. First time we had been. Last year it got canceled because of COVID and they just did a virtual conference. 
And I'm going to tell you what, it was a wonderful event. We was one of the major sponsors of it mm -hmm. and proud to do that. Uh, we showed up up there Thursday and set up, mm -hmm. and the uh, actual conference was Friday and Saturday, and it was a sold-out event. Sold out. Yep. Now, I have been to these type conferences before. I mean, we used to do a lot of the Mother Earth News fairs, and they were similar in the, in the type conferences they were. It's kind of an outdoor event, a lot of homesteading, self-sustainability there, mm -hmm. some of the, a lot of speakers. But this one was had a different feel to it, mainly because I think it was it's put together. Uh, the the lady that's over there, her name is Amy, but most of the people that actually worked there were volunteers, and a. Uh, I will have to say it's most not the most organized event I've ever been to in my life. I think they got some things to work out there. But most of the people there were volunteering their time to make this thing happen. And they really had a, a really a, a desire to do what they did and to share this with everybody. So even though it wasn't perfect, everybody was really forgiving and really understanding and, and helped one another pull it off. It was sold out. I think it was around it was 6,000. You know, this last year has been so much digital, no face-to-face. -face. And it was just, just warmed my heart to be able to hug people, yep. shake their hand, hear the stories, talk about the grandkids, the kids, what's going on in the garden, just put a face with that name. We met a lot of our affiliates, a lot of our customers, um, our extended family, gained a lot of new family members. We did. You know, so many times, especially for the last year and a half, we hadn't been able to get out and yeah. travel any. We get to live in our own little bubble, and that's what had happened to us. We've gotten our own little bubble here, and we didn't, we didn't really have any interaction, so we didn't understand what all was going on with our customers, some of the problems they were having, some of the successes they were having. We just didn't have that communication, and this was great for that. It also let us understand how important what we're doing is for the people out there, how much they mm -hmm. depend on us, which really made us feel special. Yeah, I, I had no idea about the importance and the need that we were meeting. Right. For these so it, it, it was a great event. I would highly recommend you if you can attend it next year, and I'm assuming it's going to be in the same location to do that. Now, another thing about this, this thing pulled in people from all over the East Coast. Now, I didn't see that many from the West Coast. Of course, there was a few, and we'll talk about them. But primarily people on the East Coast, it drove. I, I talked to people all the way down from Fort Pierce, Florida, mm -hmm. all the way up into Maine. So it was a huge area it pulled from. Of course, they were the locals there, but they weren't near as many locals as you would think. It pulled from this huge area. And I think the reason why is because they sold those tickets online so far in advance mm -hmm. where people can make travel arrangements and make, a, you know, preparations to come that far it was a it was a great event it had good weather yeah gorgeous gorgeous scenery and what it was based upon homesteaders of america and i told I, I spoke up there at this event and uh homesteading you know we there's several different meanings out there for different people on homesteading but basically wikipedia says homesteading is a lifestyle of self-sufficiency and that's pretty much what this conference was about. That's what the vendors was about. That's what the speakers was about. And that's what the whole thing was built around. They was people there milking goats, getting <laughs> goat milking demonstrations. Pigs. Pigs. Pigs there. And we got us a hankering for we some did. pigs. Which I've had a hankering, but. Hankering is a, be a want. 
<laughs> we want us some pigs. And we did our fair amount of research there and talking to people about that. There was a guy, there was a blacksmith. I mean, just all kind of skills that you could yeah, imagine. Yeah, made spoons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wooden I have spoons. A yeah. spoon fetish. Yeah. yeah. So all that was there. Uh, we Our friends from Stark Nurseries was there. Good catch up with them. But anything about growing your own food, being self-sufficient, this is the place you want to be. A lot of speakers. They had several different speakers' uh, tents set up. People spoke on those different subjects there. So, yeah. And we met a lot of our influencers. Now, when we say influencers, we're talking about the people in the social media world that work with us. A lot of those times in the past, we've just had communications with them through email or phone. And I'm going to tell you, this is the amazing thing to me. They was the most YouTubers and TikTokers mm -hmm. and Instagram people in one coming together this than I'd ever been to before. They was even big time YouTubers here that I recognize walking around that's not even in this type industry mm -hmm. or in this following. And everybody was so nice. Yep. So was, I didn't see the first issue whatsoever the whole time we mm -hmm. was there. You know, when you get a, get something like that, you figure there's going to be something happen. But we didn't see the, everybody was well behaved. The children was well behaved. Everything was just pulled off real, real smoothly. Let's talk about our dinner and yep. those that were there. So Thursday night, Excuse me. That would be Friday night. Friday night. Friday night, after the first day's conference, we went out to dinner with some of our affiliates, some of our people that work with us on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, and had a nice dinner with those. And it was great to be able to sit down and catch up with them and get to know them one on one. And we just wanted to touch today on those guys and tell you a little bit about their work because we got to know them and we just thought so much of them. Mm -hmm. Such a great group. You just don't realize sometimes in this homestead and garden self-sustainable lifestyle that we all try to live, how good of a people that we're dealing with. I've often said our customers are the best customers in the world because they're people just like us. Yeah. And they're just good, downhearted, normal, everyday people. Trying to help other people. Yep, trying to help other people. Yeah. So the first... Uh YouTubers or affiliates is called Caddy Wampus Acres and Jason and Lauren mm -hmm. um, and they're from out uh, Metro Atlanta do you know yeah where well not exactly but they told me but it's kind of out of Atlanta just a little bit because we um, talked about how horrible Atlanta was he's a cop and she's a former cop and actually a butcher now mm -hmm. they have all kind of animals goats pigs chickens um, a mini donkey and they garden, and they brought us some goat milk soap. Yeah, they make soap and sell it at the farmer's market. And other, all kind of things with the goat's milk. Mm -hmm. um, they were just super nice. First time we met them. Yep, it's good to see some Georgia folks. Mm -hmm. That smells awesome. Yep. The next one was some guys that we've been working with for a pretty good while now, and they're on YouTube. Four Kids in the Farm. Now, these guys are out of California, but we're not going to hold that against them. <laughs> they were there with all four of the kids and their, their her mother-in-law, the, yeah. the kid's grandmother. Nani. Yeah. Nani. Um, Rachel and Aaron. Mm -hmm. And Aaron is also a nurse. Mm -hmm. And he could not say enough about Rachel homeschooling. And really, she's the one who keeps that farm going. Yep. Um, so they're homesteaders. They actually try to do just like the rest of us. Well, I say us. We, we've we got some work to be done on that, but they tried to raise their own birds. They, they 
their meat, their yep. vegetables, she cans, she homeschools, right. and their kids were so well behaved. Oh yeah, four of them, uh, three, three little boys, and the, the girl was the youngest, and mm -hmm. she was just as sweet as she could be. Just as, I mean, just as pleasurable as you can ever imagine to be around. They were all so easygoing and easy to talk to, and just a pleasure to be around. And then, um, oh, and the thing about them is they can garden year round. Yep. Sort of what we can as well. A little, I mean, their temperature's a little bit higher. So she said it really It's more stable than ours is, yeah. Um, then we met um, Jill and Nathan from Whispering Willow Farms. Mm -hmm. And you may know her is she bought the Roots and Refuge Farm this year. And they finally closed on their house. Um, and she's just... It's been real inspiring watching her take over that farm and manage the beds and move their animals. And she just has such a calming, relaxing voice. Yeah, when she just talks, she just feel relaxed all of a sudden. And I, it's one of those kind, you can just imagine you, you having a rough day at, at work or whatever, and you come in and you sit down and you watch, watch her as she gets out there and, and gardens and, and works on her homestead, just the common effect it would have on you. Mm -hmm. Super nice and people. And she's just... As genuine, personal, just genuine in yep. person as she is on those um, videos. Then some new people we met, yep. um, Just Dig It Farms, Tracy and Jean, mm -hmm. and they're from Alabama. Alabama, yep. Um, and she has a beautiful cottage garden. Need to go look at her videos. I am in envy. I think I want to when we redo my beds. I want to do some like that. Yeah, I got some plans. You know, I got inspired as well as anybody when we was up here at this thing. I, we we want to come back. I got pumped up. We want to come back. We want to get we want to get back in the animal business a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, years ago when kids was coming up, we had animals. We've kind of drifted away of it and got out of it. But we want to get some more animals again, and and do some more things. So. Yeah, there she had a passion and a dream to become self-sufficient with her animals and her food, and she was just so inspiring. Yep. Um, they were really good people. They have an orchard as well. Yeah, they do. And a, a, a potage garden, a potage, potage, you call it a college, cottage garden, Well, she said she has a cottage and a potage. Yep. And it's right outside her back, her kitchen. Yep. And she has it all in circles, and it's just. They're good friends with uh, Cog Hill. Yeah, they are. Yep. So Stiver's Homestead also, we got to meet these guys, and these guys have been working with us for a while. And I'm going to tell you what, I really, I re when I met these people, I understand, understood what the attraction is with them now. Not that, not that I really didn't get it, but until you meet these people, you don't understand, but they, the, both of them had the most infectious smile mm -hmm. that you've ever seen on two people. They were just so happy all the time and so grateful and everything. Just upbeat. a upbeat, a joy to be around. And uh, they was there with their daughter. Yeah, Zach and Jen. Yep. And then their daughter, Ray Ray. Mm -hmm. She came with them. Um, they do a lot on preserving food. They're from Kentucky. The Foothills. Yeah, the yep. Appalachian yep. Um, Foothills yep. in Kentucky. They have dairy goats. They have pigs. They raise their own food, um, just really, just yep. a pleasure to be around. And we have a common interest of wine. Mm. Found that yep. out. They, she does a lot with the calendrum salve. Um, yeah, she does, and she has it on Etsy. Yep. They also just opened up an Airbnb. Yep. They had their first um, 
customers. They have a neat little homestead there. And what was the kind of pigs he was telling me they had? Cooney Cooney. Cooney Cooney. Cooney Cooney. So in our pig research, we have found out that we've narrowed it down to two kinds. The Idaho pasture pig and the Cooney Cooney. So uh, we talked to people about those. We hadn't really made up our mind yet. Maybe a, a point of what we have access yeah, to. Yeah, we hadn't tried uh, to find if, any. If you don't know this, the uh, the pasteurized pasture hogs or the little homestead heritage breeds are all the fad right now. Mm -hmm. So what about? Two quacks and five clucks farm. Now this is a guy, Scott Burton, that I had followed on TikTok for a while and we got to meet him. He had become an influencer not too long ago in our affiliate of ours. And um, we got to meet him and man, he is all in on TikTok. If you don't know this folks, TikTok is the up and coming platform. And actually I think TikTok in the last little bit, and I'm not going to quote the time frame, I think it's surpassed YouTube as watch time. Wow. Yeah. And I have a TikTok. Yeah, you have What's your TikTok? Mama House Tools. Mama House Tools. Mm -hmm. TikTok is no longer just about dancing and cutting cutting up. It's about, uh, you know, the... Well, his is about homesteading. Yep. And, but and the, all the, the age range is moving out, spreading yeah. out. Now, he spent a lot of time studying market farming and homesteading and also learning about TikTok as well. But he's got a market garden mm -hmm. and they raise their own food and vegetables and stuff like that. And he's just on TikTok. And we, we kind of talked to him a lot about that, trying to figure some of that out. But it's very interesting. So if you're on TikTok, check him out. He lives uh, homestead with his wife and like his Virginia. girls in Virginia. Yep. Mm -hmm. And up by the Honeystead, man. She, we got to meet her for the very first time. And Kaylee. Kaylee. And she is from Virginia there, mm -hmm. right? And she does some very unique stuff. Now she's a beekeeper, and she actually spoke at the conference on beekeeping. Mm -hmm. She's a, a well-renowned um, expert on bees. And a gardener, and a forager. Yeah, and now her herbalist. thing is her herbs, herbalistic mm -hmm. herbs, and foraging, and medicinal herbs. She was really interesting to talk to. Man, you're talking about somebody that, I love that foraging, and using those herbs to make, Medicine, that kind of stuff, it really interests me a lot. Yeah. She's a really sweet girl. And she also has pigs. Yep. I didn't and realize those, she had pigs, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then some another group that we met is the Crawley House Farms, way up in... Oregon. Oregon. That's on the other side of uh, Mississippi, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, Jason and Beth. And Beth is a floral designer. <clears throat> um, they have a garden, a flower farm. She's also an author. She's coming out with a book, Fura and Flower, and that's F-L-O-U-R. Mm -hmm. And it's about, she's from a family of 12, and it's about her four sisters and their common interests. I can't wait to get a copy of that book. She's yep. just really. And she's just, a very artsy, as I'd say, a very creative person. Yeah, but she loves flowers. We yep. have that common interest. And she lives around a bunch of wineries up there, so. Yep. She's a wine enthusiast, too. Yep. And what could we say about Naked Hog Gardening? None. Well, uh, yep. So, for you who don't know this, Naked Hog, Wes and Angie live out in Louisiana with their four children. They work with us, and Wes handles a lot of our affiliate marketing. He has a full-time job. He's got his hands full. Yeah. He's got his full-time job. He works with us, and plus, he's got his own YouTube channel. 
And they are hardcore yeah. homesteaders. His wife, Angie, outwork anybody. Yeah. They helped manage our booth or managed our booth at this conference. And they just did awesome. Yeah. If it hadn't been for them, I'm not sure we could have pulled it and, off. And she was a former nurse and he was in the Navy. Yep. I think he's got a government full-time gig right now. But, but they, um, uh, they're gardeners, homesteaders. They homeschool. Um, but they really helped us out. We could not have done it without them. Yeah, just all around great people. And uh, it's just it was just a pleasure to be around those. T t you know, this last year and a half has been a struggle mentally on everybody. I mean, we have some mm -hmm. political division there. We've had all kinds of things going on with COVID, COVID and everything. Yeah. everything. To be able to come right around and understand they're just good people out there and, and to be around them and everything, it was just a recharge for it us. It was, it yep. was. And then all our customers we met. Oh, yeah. And they talked about their gardening and what uh -huh. they want to do and what they have done and all because of people like us and these affiliates. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, what an inspiration it was for us to know that we have inspired so many people out there. I'm just not talking about us, but I'm talking about fellow YouTubers as well as to inspire people to get there and give them hope through such a trying time. You know, we was there at the booth and I noticed another TikToker coming up, growing through the woods. Oh, yeah. We growing through the weeds come up and I seen her and was able to meet her and talk to her. So I'm just telling you, every time you turn around, you recognize somebody there. Mm -hmm. Huge event. So uh, I got a little corny joke for you this week. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Why did the gardener move back home? I don't know. To rediscover, to rediscover his roots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, folks, you're welcome to use that one. It's pretty good. Not the funniest one I've ever seen, but it was pretty good, wasn't it? A little uh, corny side. Yeah. All right. Please yeah. send us in some corny jokes. We're running out. Mm. <laughs> Boy, these tomatoes are juicy. So, you know, I believe they taste better in the fall. You think so? I don't know. It's pretty good in the spring. This is the sun sugar. Mm -hmm. Man, it's good. Yep. So you want to go over, you spoke on cover crops yep. on the homestead. Yep. And you, this is about an hour spiel. Well, it wasn't quite an hour, but yeah, I touched on some things. You know, and I, I really drilled in on a homestead. You really have to examine all your costs or your inputs into a homestead. And if you're not doing that, you're backing up and you're not really going to be successful. Now, I'm not just talking about financial inputs, but I'm talking about time inputs too. So I talked about being able to measure those and understand that. And I don't care what it is. You need to understand how much it's costing you in time and money and knowing what you're getting out of it. Because if you don't do that, what's going to happen is you, after a while, you're going to become overwhelmed and discouraged. So we really preached about that. And cover crops was a tool or is a tool you can use on your, uh, your homestead. And you, you should know what you're putting into it and know what you're getting out of it. And an example I will give you of that is my dog, Maggie. Maggie, as you know, showed up here about two months ago. And she, we had to carry her to the vet. Y'all know how expensive the vet is. We had to get her shots. We had to get her fixed and all that. So I had to evaluate the purpose of Maggie. So we spent a little money on Maggie. Now, Maggie really didn't have any benefit because she, she'll bark when somebody comes up. But I wouldn't classify her as a guard dog by no, no means. or an animal dog. She really didn't have very much purpose at all. However, <laughs> she's my therapy dog. So she, I figured spending that little bit of money on her keeps me from having to spend money on a therapist. 
When I have kind of a rough time, which I do sometimes, and I have to walk outside and walk up there to the chicken pen, I can count on Maggie going up there with me, and I can sit down and I can talk to Maggie. I don't have to worry about her coming back, telling nobody else. Maggie sits there, regardless of what I say, wags her tail, and everything is fine after that, and we can come back down to the office. And we have to do that quite a bit. So Maggie's purpose is a therapy dog, which is well justified. Mm -hmm. And she's an office dog. And she's an office dog, too, mm -hmm. or, or something called her a shadow dog. Every time I turn around, there she is. But you have to. my point is you have to evaluate all your inputs to understand what you're getting out of it. Cover crops being a fine example of that. And we're going to run through real quick the, the cool weather cover crops we talked about up there. And the first one would be tillage radish. So great for you guys out there that have compacted soils or hard pan that you need to best up. Now, all these I'm talking about are cool weather crops that you're going to need to be planting in the fall of the year. Tillage radish, and then we had wonderful clovers. you got crimson clover, frosty berserum clover, and white Dutch clover. I plant all three of them, but I will tell you this. The all-around favorite there is crimson. Frosty is the most cold tolerant one of the three, and you can also graze it if you wanted to graze into the clovers. And white Dutch is the most heat tolerant of the three. So it kind of gives you an idea how when you use those. Those are all legumes, so you can count on those, pulling that nitrogen in, adding back to the soil. We talked about the mustards, broadleaf mustard and Kodiak brown mustard, and how they could be used for nematode control mm -hmm. and also for soil-borne pathogens and soil-borne insects to cut them back into the soil. They have kind of this biofumigate attribute to them and that could be used as one well. One of those, the deer? The, yeah, well, you can't, you, the deer won't eat neither one of those. So you don't have to worry about, if you have a problem, a deer problem, and you want to do a cover crop, these would be a good one to use, those mustards there. Rye, which is an all-around favorite there. If you're just starting out, use rye. And another thing about rye, once it gets established, it's down to good to 30 below. So you cold weather guys out there that's worried about them getting killed in the wintertime, you want to use rye. Hairy vetch, which is a legume, puts a massive amount, up to 160 pounds of nitrogen back into the soil, which is a, a lot of nitrogen. And that could very easily be half of your nitrogen for a sweet corn crop. So planting that before a sweet corn crop in the springtime would be a good one. It's a legume. It's a little viney. It, run, it reseeds itself. So if you're putting it in a pasture or a situation which you want to hold a plot for a prolonged period of time, hairy vetch would be a good one. I like to plant hairy vetch and rye together. And, and Australian winter peas is another good one. It's a legume. forms a big mat. It uh, works well when you're trying to outcompete weeds. And our last one is Impact Forage College and African Forage College. And I grouped these two together because both of them. Forage cabbage? Yes, excuse me. Impact Forage College and what? African Forage cabbage, excuse me. I grouped these two together because both of them are brassicas. But these work really well if you're wanting to graze them and use them as a cover crop. They help break up compacted soil that's, when you have a soil profile that's compacted on the top, have a root system that's great for that. And these have, the collard won't bloom or it won't bolt. And the cabbage is more of a flat, leafy type cabbage. It won't necessarily make a head. So these would be really good for planting in the wintertime to graze and to use as a cover crop there. It's a couple of newer ones that we're working with. And there's a chart on the website. There's a chart on the website. We're throw that you, up here. Yep, help you understand which one to use to address the problem that you got.
It's a quiet, shortened version, but it was good. It was good, yeah. Well, folks, we're going to get on out of here. I hope you enjoyed the show there. And there again, man, you got to check out the Homesteaders of America in Front Royal, Virginia. Make plans to attend next year. I think it will be a great event, and I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. So now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty. <laughs>